We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? Is it already time? It's time. Let's go. All right, baby. Speaking of spring football practice, Notre Dame released its practice schedule today. We'll get a lot of interviews, you know, all the assistants, oh, a bunch yeah. of players, all You're that kind be of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just one full practice that we'll get to see and a handful of uh, – some other practices, three other practices that are not the blue gold game where we'll get the uh, what they stretching. call the FSA. Yeah, the stretching. <laughs> we get stretching plus five periods. Yes. So three practices. We get that one entire practice we will get to see. And then the blue gold game at the end. So what do you think? OK, I got a couple different thoughts on this. Number one, <laughs> I am not surprised in any way that they are limiting us so much. I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised, okay? I wanted at least two open practices, and that's what we used to get. We used to get two to three open practices mm-hmm. in the spring. One, you know, we got we got two regular and then another one if you went to the coach's clinic. I think is how it used to go. I think yeah, it was three right. total, right? Yeah. And then a lot of the media would just buy the coach's clinic and then they would just go to that practice, right? Uh, that was mm-hmm. not uh, out of the realm of possibility. This time we get one. So I'm happy that that one is on a Saturday because I can go. Huh. So that makes me very happy. I, I was I was really worried that they were going to do it like on a Wednesday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So happy that it's on a Saturday. Okay, but man, I wanted another one. Like I, I was really hoping for two total, you know, and, and we get one. As I would, I, say, I would trade in these five periods oh, of practice for one other. I would yes. trade the three because you, you, there's just nothing that. The only thing you get out of those is depth chart, you know, like or Correct. what you, what you think is depth chart, and even that's way. hard because yeah. they don't, they don't do the stupid. I mean, it was stupid for practice when they would do the offense on air. It was dumb. Okay. But that was really helpful for us because we were able to tell what the depth chart was. And they don't do that anymore. So mm-hmm. it's a little harder to tell maybe what the depth chart is, especially in those first five periods. Because those first five periods are like drill work 
in your individual. And it's it's a waste of time. I mean, here's what I would have preferred. I, I don't really have a problem with the FSA plus five on day one because it's an unpadded practice. They're out there basically in helmets and shorts. You can see kind of, you know, maybe what part of the offseason has done for them physically, how they're moving around, you know, all of that. Okay, cool. But then the other two FSA plus fives, you combine those into a regular practice. So we would have had yeah. two regular practices, one FSA plus five. I think that would have been perfect. Yeah. And but I get no. people are saying, well, you got new coaches and all. Again, I, it just. Okay. What are you going to hide? <laughs> or what do you have to hide at this point? Like, right. And what are people we... have seen Sam Hartman, you know? Right. People have seen this system. I And it. It doesn't sound like this system is going to be that different than what we've seen before. Well, maybe it, the, maybe it will be. I don't know. And the other the other part of it, Sean, is like spring is for fundamentals. Spring is for you know figuring some things out. Spring is not for game planning. Like what what do they think that we're going right. to go tell people? And what what do they think is going to get out? That's exactly. Come like, on. It it would actually serve everybody's purposes. Like like we're talking about getting guys out there in some difference, you know, like tried Clarence Lewis out at safety, for sure. example, it would give everyone a good, you know, a good idea of what does Clarence Lewis or whoever I'm, you know, I'm just using him right. as an example. Like, what do these guys look like? You know, what does, what does Jalen Sneed look like as, as the Rover? What does he look like as the will you know, Prince Collie, you know, all these different guys getting to see them for more reps in the spring, we're not even talking about, you know, we're not talking about fall training camp where you're gearing up for a game. You're still six months away from a game at that point. What harm is it in seeing some guys that you don't normally get to see in some live rep situations? That's what it comes down to. I mean, their last practice is literally televised. Okay. Exactly. So exactly. What, what, what are they going to show us during another practice that they're not going to show during that you know, the blue gold game, which yeah. is practice. Because literally, if they have things to hide, all they've got to do is keep things as vanilla as possible while yeah. we're there, right? A- absolutely. Like, is that going to hinder them? Done. Is that going to hinder them that much if they keep things relatively vanilla? No, I don't think so. Especially not if you're mixing little. and matching, moving guys in and out of some different spots. Yeah, not even a little oh, bit. Well. And I will also say, I don't think this is Marcus Freeman. He doesn't, he's going to coach regardless of who's there. I, I really, I, to me, I don't think it's Marcus Freeman, but say lovey, you guys can figure out yeah. whatever you want from that. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Fill in the blank. Mike McGlinchey signing a five-year, $87.5 million contract with the Denver Broncos is blank. Great for his uh, 401k. Holy smokes. I mean, good for him. That That's awesome. I... I was, uh, I, I didn't even realize, I, I told you, I was like, oh man, McGlinchey just made bank on his new contract. I didn't even realize it was a free agent deal with the Broncos. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, the Broncos well, and the crazy like thing, mess. Two hours before you texted me about that, there was talk that, that uh, Ryan Poles was going after McGlinchey in Chicago. And so when you said that, I'm like, wow, did he sign with the Bears? And so I look it up and it's like the Broncos. Ugh. Yeah, I so he ended up in Denver instead. He was almost a Chicago Bear, it sounded like. Now that would have been worth getting excited about for me personally, because the yeah. offensive line for the Bears is terrible. McGlinchey could have done a great job of you know helping helping to stabilize that offensive line. And it appeared that the Bears are on the hot hunt for some offensive linemen and they've struck out so far. So uh, that would have been awesome to bring McGlinchey into Chicago. I I mean, the history of offensive linemen in in uh, Denver is good. I just feel like it's a hot mess right now. So yeah. good luck, dude. Yeah. I mean, 50 million bucks guaranteed. Good for him. And yeah. I saw Golick Jr. Uh, breaking down Notre Dame's 2015 offensive line. Ronnie Stanley, a $98 million contract, $64 million guaranteed. Quentin Nelson, 80 million, 60 million of it guaranteed. And that's not even his second contract. You know, remember right. McGlinchey and, and Q were, you know, came out in the same draft together, top 10 picks in the same draft. And Nelson hasn't even got to his second contract like McGlinchey just got to. Nick Martin, 33 million, 18 guaranteed. And McGlinchey gets this one. It's around 379 million total dollars. So by the time McGl- or, uh, uh, Nelson signs his, like you go back to Harry Heastan, like that's why the bar was so high. You yeah. Know, like Joe Rudolph, go hit that bar because that's the standard right there. That 200, that 2015 offensive line. I mean, they're going to be, it's going to be close to a, a half a billion dollars for the offensive line from 2015. Like it's a lot of green to go around my friends. A lot of green. Tommy Guns is working hard to get the uh, last of us <laughs> references in here tonight the fungus zombie apocalypse he said he's going for bella ramsey who is uh one of the uh the uh lead actresses or the lead actors in uh the last of us that i was telling you about last gotcha week. but but uh, i mean hey the one thing with mcglinchy like good run blocker i'm not so sure about his pass blocking but hey the broncos needed offensive linemen they had a horrible line now you got to go work with russell wilson is it all going to work, you know, but good for, good for Mike, sure. 50 million guaranteed. Take that any day of the week, obviously. Yeah, no doubt. 
I mean, again, Vince, it's been such a crazy day. We've got all this, and we haven't even touched any of the basketball so far. Yeah, well, because there was the selection Sunday was yesterday, and it's like taking a complete back burner if you follow Notre Dame. So I haven't had a chance to ask you, which is what I meant to ask you last night, because I obviously saw it on the selection, but I knew you'd be writing a story and all that stuff. You know, the Notre Dame women, we talked about this. Was Did we talk about it on the air? Or did we just talk about it? I can't remember. I think we talked about it afterwards. Uh, you know, what, what seed they were going to get, whether it was right. a two, a three. That was on the show four. Friday. That was on, was the, on the show, show? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I think they'd be, they should be ecstatic if they get a three. And that's what they ended up getting. So what's your reaction to that? And have you gotten any kind of reaction from within the program? About how they feel? Well, I mean, I think the three seed is very fair. And my biggest concern was, were they going to drop to a four seed with, with right. the uncertainty with mm-hmm. Olivia Miles and all that kind of stuff? You know, like they're, they're, they're sitting on the, the three line and they were on the three line because I saw some stuff, excuse me, on the boards earlier. There was someone who, you know, thought that they should have been a two. And I mean, there's a case for them as sure. a two, especially since Virginia Tech got moved up and is a one seed in this whole deal. The one seeds are South Carolina, Indiana, Virginia Tech, and Stanford. And of course, Notre Dame beat Virginia Tech. And then you look at the two line, Utah, Maryland, Iowa, UConn. Notre Dame has a win over UConn. Now, UConn's at full strength now. They weren't necessarily at full strength back then. But then the three line, Notre Dame, Duke, Ohio State, LSU. So I think the three is very fair. And like my initial thought, you know, when when they came up in the very first region with South Carolina, it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Of all regions, they end up in the South Carolina region. I like their road, though. One, I'm very confident in a sweet 16. Now, okay, you know, the one thing, you know, like the Southern Utah team, they're going to play, you know, they, they sound like they're a little spunky and all that kind of stuff. They're a program that's kind of been coming up they're the whack regular season and tournament champions this year they've got the whack defensive player of the year uh you know and you know like a couple you know all conference players and all that kind of stuff but it's not like they've got the whack player of the year even you know but you know so they're solid Creighton is kind of the team to watch they're the number six seed and last year as a 10 seed they went all the way to the elite eight before losing to South Carolina. They actually upset both Iowa State and Iowa to get to the Elite Eight last year. And so now they're the number six seed, highest seed they've ever had in Notre Dame's region. And there's a play-in game in this uh, South Bend sub-regional as well between uh, Illinois and Mississippi State as the 11 seeds. But, you know, I like Notre Dame to to win these games. I, I think that they should win these games, you know. And then if they get to the regional, which would be in Greenville, South Carolina, the place I didn't want to go, but you know, not that not that I matter, but <laughs> <laughs> they would potentially match up with Maryland, a team they lost to on a buzzer beater in the yeah. ACC Big Ten Challenge back on December first. You know, and Maryland is a two seed. So again, you know, like I like their chances to at least get to the to the Sweet Sixteen. I think they've got a very good chance to advance to the elite eight, you know, like I was looking around at some different regions and like, I actually, you know, again, it it sucks that you're in there with a team that's won 50 games in a row, the defending national champ, South Carolina. But I think that their path to potentially get to an elite eight 
matchup with South Carolina is better in this region than it would have been in a couple of the other regions. So okay. I, I don't I don't mind the draw so much. It's just that, you know, what happens <laughs> potentially once you get to South Carolina? I mean, not that's that it's going to be pushovers. Yeah. No, but that's you know, tough. I, that, that's the – to be in the overall number one seeds bracket, I mean, that's tough, especially, yeah. you know – not having Mabry and, you know, the situations with with Notre Dame. So, you know, that's – I think that they should be ecstatic with the number three. I think you're right. I think they have a great path to the Sweet 16. My kids are excited because they're going to be in town. They have an opportunity to go right. see it. The only problem is the game's at 3.30. My kids are in school till 4. Oh, so might have to get I, out early. <laughs> am I the dad that allows them out early? I would. Yes, I am. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, Shepard says Maryland will be tough. I mean, yeah. And I, you know, well, I, they will I be. I don't think Creighton will be a pushover either. There was a few years back, it's been 20 years ago now, as a matter of fact, now that I think of it, Notre Dame was an 11 seed themselves playing at Kansas State. And Notre Dame upset the six seed Arizona in their first game. Kansas State was hosting as the three seed, and they knocked them off and got to the Sweet 16. So, I mean, upsets obviously happen. Sure. But, I like their chances. Uh, you know, someone was asking about Olivia Miles. Uh, you know, I, I'll just say, you know, Neil Ivy is still saying wait and see after the selections and stuff like that last night. I'm not, I'm not banking on Olivia Miles being back at this point. It's fair. It yeah. sucks, but fair. Yep. Um, I kept looking for in all the, the still shots of them seeing, you know, where they were going to be placed. And I was like, okay, where's Olivia miles? How does she look? <laughs> you know, which I'm sure they Sitting had her sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they had her seated in a way. So it didn't matter if I saw or not, there was nothing to see. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's switch to the men's side. Fill in the blank. Oof. Notre Dame men's basketball players, JJ Starling, Dom Campbell, and Robbie Carmody all entering the transfer portal today is blank. Rough. It is a rough day if you're a Notre Dame men's basketball fan because I, you know, it's funny. Somebody, somebody posted, you know, as of right now, okay, this is my favorite part. As of right now, Notre Dame's starting lineup for next year. <laughs> Incoming freshman Marcus Burton, J.R. Konezny, Tony Sanders, Van Allen Lubin, Matt Zona, and then walk-on guard Alex Wade is the only guy on the bench coming off the bench. They have six guys on the roster. Five are scholarship players. Five, okay? That means they have eight open scholarships, Sean. I would not be surprised if other guys jumped into the portal. They just didn't do it on day one. This is, in case anybody didn't realize, this is going to be a complete rebuild. And I wouldn't even call it a rebuild. I'd call it a build. This is a complete build for whoever, whatever coach comes in. They're probably going to have to play walk-ons. Number one, number two, they are going to be able to shape this team over the next few years any way they want, because I'm not the only one. I, the only one I know for sure is going to be on that roster next season is Marcus Burton. It's the only thing. That's the only thing I know for 100% yeah. because yeah. he's not backing down. He wants to go to Notre Dame. He's going to go to Notre Dame as far as I know last time I talked to him. So that's all I know. I, I would be shocked if J.R. Konezny left. Other than that, who knows? 
Yeah. That's exactly it. You know, I'm surprised that there actually aren't more guys, you know, joining right. in the portal today. Now they still could end up in the portal. I really don't like the fact that they opened the portal the day after selection Sunday. Terrible and, timing. Like I was talking to my sister about it because again, she's a division one coach. She's a head coach uh, women. She just finished her first season at Cal Poly. And I was actually talking to her yesterday and you know, they didn't make the tournament and she's like, well, I, now of course, you know, her being in her situation, that's the first thing they're doing today is like their top yeah. priority is the portal. And like she said, it gives these teams who that didn't make the tournament kind of a head start on trying to get, you know, themselves set yeah. for next year. You know, like, is it, are you really putting a, a, a team that's in the tournament at that big of a disadvantage, I guess, because they're already in the tournament if they have to wait a week or two weeks or whatever before they can go to the transfer portal? You know, it's like, you can probably figure it out. So I, I you know, I get it from what she's saying, you know, but again, it's like, it's coming from someone who's able to take advantage of, you know, getting in that portal right away. But that's exactly what Notre Dame is going to have to do. And it's yes. really, and, you know, obviously not a, not a knock on Carmody. The guy was injured his whole career. He barely sure. played. You know, I'm actually surprised that he's, he's attempting at, to still play. trying to play just the yeah. way the injuries have gone. But Starling should come as no surprise, you know, because it is going to be, even if he were here, it would still be, Pretty close to a total rebuild, even with J.J. Starling here. He needs to go someplace and have an opportunity to get to the NCAA tournament next year. He's gonna not going to be in, in South Bend. He's not going to have it here. That's right. No, That's not right. next year and probably not the year after, and then he's probably gone anyway. So, yeah, he needs to go someplace where he has an opportunity, and I, I can't really blame him for that. I mean, I get it. He got a ton of experience playing You know, this season. He was a good player, got injured towards the end. I don't blame any of these guys if I'm being honest. And I also, I, and I will say this because I, I have said a lot of poor things about Mike Bray and I, 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 I feel bad about that to a degree, <laughs> but this is, I hope this doesn't, this isn't his legacy. Like people are looking at his legacy as in he left Notre Dame with like nobody left on the roster. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I think his legacy is still in, in decent shape. You know, he got like, you know, at least kind of a, you know, he got some nice support. People said nice things about him on the way out the door and all that kind of stuff. But it could really, Man. depending on what this looks like over the next couple of years, this can really tarnish his legacy, yes. I think. Because, uh, you know, let's see what the roster looks like on opening day next year, Sean. There might be nobody left. That was on the roster last year. Right. That's and what question, you left. And the question's going to be, you know, like how far into the transfer portal can they go? Will it only be grad transfers? And what grad transfers are going to be interested in coming to this? You know, like you might. Yeah. You, you, can, you can probably go out and get some Mac kids or, you know, like even big wet, you know, like, like the, the mid-major type guys and say, look, you've got an opportunity to come to Notre Dame and play in the ACC. That's basically going to be your pitch and then yes. depending on who the coach and play early and maybe who whatever coach is able to bring a guy or two with him you know like we haven't factored that in because we obviously don't know who it's going to be yet but sure it's just there there's there's going to be some challenges because you know again like i've talked about the guy at, at kansas state and the way he built that in his first year and got him to the tournament 
big difference in the academic standards at Kansas State University and the University of Notre Dame. So, right. by the way, Tom Noy, South Bend Tribune, our old friend, is going to be on the show tomorrow to talk about some of this. Chi-Town asking about Bray's replacement. Tom Noy will be here tomorrow. So, yeah, we'll get all the scoop that Tom Noy has to scoop out and give you. And he's going to have his work cut out for him this offseason. Yeah. But in the meantime, Penn State basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury's name has become at least a somewhat popular name to replace sure. Bray at Notre Dame. Do you buy or sell Notre Dame being a step up from Penn State college basketball food chain? Man. I mean, do I think Notre Dame's better than Penn State? Yep. Do I think Notre Dame's better than Penn State from a basketball standpoint? See, that's that's the question. Uh, it, it's not man. just is Notre Dame better than right. Penn State. It's the basketball. Because right. they're both football schools, for one thing. For sure. And, I mean, look, basketball obviously takes a backseat to, to football over at Penn State. There's no doubt about it. I think that Notre Dame has had more success over the last 20 years than Penn State has. And so I guess from that angle, you could say that Notre Dame's a step up. Other than that, I mean, is the Big Ten a step up from the ACC, basketball-wise? Right now it is. Right now, it ex- I mean. Like, historically, I would you know, obviously put the ACC correct. over because of Duke and North Carolina. But right now, the Big Ten is in a much better place yes. as an overall conference in the ACC. So, so, you're, so you're not going to a better conference, at least not right now. So you can't, you got to throw that out. I mean, it just really depends on what Micah, Micah Shrewsbury wants to do. I mean, does he is he look at Notre Dame as a job that he would want? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think find, it, I, oh, it's rough, man. I don't know. Were you were you the PA announcer over there when he was the IUSB coach? Man, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I'm surprised that like people keep me. Well, he was the coach at IUSB. Like, oh, like that's going to draw him back to South yeah. Bend. You know, Seriously. like that's the factor. A like, commuter yeah. school. Come on back. I, mean, I look at it like this. It's a sell for me, for one thing. Okay. Yeah. Bray was the coach at Notre Dame for 23 seasons. And, you know, of course, Notre Dame does not make salaries public, you know, because it's a private institution sure. and all that stuff. But you remember like three years ago, they had to release, they released federal tax documents and he was making a little bit more than 1.6 million dollars in base salary shrewsbury's making around two million a year right now he's in year two at penn state so like if you want to just look at that on its face it took mike bray two decades to get to 1.6 million bucks in base salary shrewsbury's making more than that in year two and that's you know again then you go to the fact state school versus private all these different things now you know, Penn State's not the easiest, you know, place to get to and all that kind of stuff. But still, I just, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it's a step up to go from Penn State to Notre Dame. And as people have mentioned, he is reportedly in the mix for Georgetown as well, you know. And so, like, how much is that going to factor in? Yeah. Like, like is that a is that a step up for him, you know? But, I mean, I mean, and then you look at the fact they were a 10 seed in the Big Ten tournament and they got an NCAA at large bid. You know, like right. you're no, just right. talking about the shape of the Big Ten right now. That tells sure. you right there. The only thing that would put Notre Dame over the top for Micah Shrewsbury, in my opinion, is outside of uh, 
outside of the Celtics and Penn State, his entire life has been in the state of Indiana. All of his coaching, he went to Cathedral in Indianapolis. Like he is, is that is that a good thing? Well, does, how, that, does he really want to come back to Indiana? Well, that's people, that's the people point. always assume. Yeah, I, I'm, right. I'm not saying that he does, but it, I'm talking from a family standpoint. Sure, does he want to be around his does that family? Matter? Does that matter? Yeah. Does that matter? I don't know. Maybe he hates his family. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm just saying. I assume his family is still around here. If that's important to him, then maybe that would is what would draw him back. Because I agree with you, it is a sell from a basketball alone standpoint. But there, are, we all know that there are other factors when people make these kinds of decisions. Just like Brian Mason decided to go to the Colts because his wife and he is from Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay, it's a family decision. It that's the only way I see him coming back. If I'm being honest, is if he wants to be around family. I, well, and, and even and then, wants to be home. And it, yeah, I mean, and even then, you know, it's like, yeah, South Bend is closer to Indianapolis than than Happy Valley, obviously. But it's still, it's it's not like you're, you know, you're you're we're up here in northern Indiana. We're we're still sure. two and a half, almost three hours away, depending on where you have to go down there. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it's an it's an easy drive. I drive it all the time, but still. You know, again, where are his priorities? I, I don't know the answer to that because I don't know the man. So, but to me, that would be the only thing that would make him come back. Yes. Speaking of Penn State, the Nittany Lions were called for traveling and turned the ball over with six tenths of a second left in their comeback attempt against Purdue in the Big Ten Championship game yesterday. Do you buy or sell calling traveling in that situation, Vince? I buy it. I, I am a big proponent of if it's a travel in the first quarter, it's a travel in the fourth. I, I have no problem with that. If he traveled now, I don't I did not see the play, so I, I can't comment on the play itself. I'm commenting on the philosophy. If he traveled, man, you gotta call it. You gave the answer I basically thought that you would give, and I don't disagree at all. My the reason for asking this question is because you don't see near the uproar for you know the the official blowing the whistle for what was obviously a traveling okay but when when a guy commits an obvious foul yeah. all of a sudden oh, you're in that same your situation you're supposed to swallow the whistle yeah what's the difference right so there's no uproar over traveling being called but everyone wants to bitch and moan because a guy commits a foul and the foul should be called regardless of what time on the clock the foul happens to be committed and that's that's my purpose. So I completely yeah. am with you. Of course it should be called. Just like, of course, a foul should be called. If there's time on the clock and a foul is committed, you call the foul. There, there shouldn't Absolutely. be a question about it. And, and just, I've always, you know, the yeah. travel, the violation, whatever it happens to be. And you and I are on the same page. We've had this discussion, you and I, a million times. Like, call it the same way in the first as you do in the, excuse me, in the fourth. I have no problem with it. I don't know what the heck that was. Like, all of a sudden I got attacked. Uh, <laughs> Get it? But it, it, that, and you just want you want your you know if it's an umpire calling balls and strikes, if it's a, a referee calling fouls, just be consistent, start to yeah. finish. It's all I want. If you're going to be consistently bad, then be consistently bad. But at least be consistent. If you're going to call a bad low strike all game, then call the lad the 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 bad low strike all game. Right. You know, ringing them up on the last out or the first out. Yeah, that's all I ask for. And it was a travel. It was a legit travel. Oh, then you the call way. it every time. Yep. And to be honest with you, refs aren't looking at the clock. 
like that. They're not like, oh, oh God, I hope we get to the end here without me having to blow my whistle. They're watching the play well, on the court. They were court. inbounding with like three, three and a half seconds left, you know? So okay. they know there's not so a they whole lot of time. they knew there was not a whole lot of time. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's right. That's right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fill in the blank. It is blank that North Carolina declined an invitation to play in the NIT. This is this is kind of goes in line for me with like declining to go to a bowl game when you're a six win team or something like that. Like I try to look at it from a team standpoint, right? For the seniors, for whatever. Like this is another opportunity to play some games together. This is another opportunity to, to practice together. I would always accept it. In my opinion, that's what you should do. You know, it's an opportunity to play. And what is college basketball supposed to be about? It's supposed to be about your teammates. It's supposed to be about playing. So yes. I, I think it's messed up that they would decline an invitation to the NIT. It's yeah. messed up. And I tell you what, Tom Penders, <clears throat> college basketball or basketball Hall of Famer. I guess they don't have, you know, they don't separate it. But basketball, he was going off on. Woo! on uh, Hubert Davis and in North Carolina talking about how, you know, they think they're too good for the NIT I mean, and, yeah. and talking about how their guys didn't play hard and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, mm. maybe you should be coaching your guys better. Basically they are the first team to start a season ranked number one and miss the NCAA field since they expanded the field back in 1985 and it's like you know their their whole rationale is well we're going to start preparing for next season and all that it's like if you really want to prepare for next season just what you were talking you know i don't know exactly what their roster looks like yeah it's like go play together get out there and play more practice more like and you know again like we'll have tom noy on tomorrow and and like tom has always been who cares about the nit and i i get it to an extent and i get it from his standpoint are you trying to build your program or not you know exactly exactly yeah like from the media standpoint being in an nit like there's a big difference between being in an nit game and an ncaa tournament game that's for sure oh there's no doubt i mean and and there's a big difference between going to like you know a final four game in the ncaa you know for football than it is to go to like the sarsaparilla bowl like those are obviously i get that those are two different things but you still go yeah like shy town said nit did used to be more prestigious than the NCAA. And then it the was, NCAA yeah. bought it <laughs> and, and took all that prestige away. Because, yeah, there was a time, I think it was like back in the you know like late 60s, early 70s still, where like you could turn down an invitation to the NCAA because the NIT would actually pay you more. 
to yep. go. And, and that's what got the NCAA ticked off and why they ultimately bought the NIT and took control of it and, you know, the whole thing. So, right. Yep. I just, I, it, 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 especially if you're North Carolina and you, you know, you just missed that cut for the NCAA. It's not like your, your season was, you know, like teetering at the other end, like you were barely going to get an invitation to the NIT. I just feel like you get that invitation. You should go. Absolutely. You, your guys play together. All that, you know, like there's, there's plenty of like, especially if you're a team that has guys who are going to be coming back next year and you make a deep run in the NIT, typically that means the next year you're probably going to be right. an NCAA tournament team. So there's, there's value, I think in that experience yep, in staying absolutely. together and playing. So, yep, absolutely agree. All right. Well, that's going to be it for tonight. Again, it was it was busy, man. It was busy. I, I do want to ask you about this. I'm going off script. Did you okay. see the video of uh, the the bad umpiring call? I it did. Was a bad bad strike two. It was. I mean, it was a borderline call. Might have been a little bit low. But then, yeah. you know, the player showed him up. He showed him where it was, you know, with his back. He kind of hopped thing. around and stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And he was trying to show off the umpire. And then the worst pitch on the planet, he, he rings him up for strike three. I know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the umpire got suspended. Yes, I don't know if did. you saw that. I did But they see suspended that. him after the fact. And I think it was very deserved. Like, <laughs> and, you know, I, I guess I get the, you know, like the umpire being ticked off that he felt like he was shown up, you know, which is another story because umpires, you know, they obviously don't like to be shown up. So oh, yeah, I get that, but you can't, I mean, that's, that was just a brutal call on that strike three. And, you know, if you're, if you're mad that you're being shown up, just eject the guy, you can't, you that can't ring a guy right, up. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't do your job in a horrible fashion just because you feel like you just got shown up by a kid. Yeah. Yeah, and I that was going to be my next thing. Do you you just ring him up on whatever pitch comes next, or do you throw him out of the game? That right. that was going to be my next because that was the last out of the game, and so he I guess he assumed you know, well I'll just ring him up and it'll be game over and it doesn't matter. But man, that was a bad call. Like it was, I mean, it was horrible. The, the first one, the the second strike was a bad call. I mean, it was low. Right, he might be able to say but it strike was three was just Ooh. like it wasn't even close to the plate. <laughs> the catcher had to like. Die to the side. <laughs> I it know. was so bad. It I was know. so bad. But you know, I mean, it is what it is. But I, I just found that to be very, very funny, and and deservedly so. He got suspended because that's like at least make it a borderline call. At least right. come somewhere near the plate so you can ring him up. Right. Right. <laughs> he went out of his yeah. He went out of his way to yes. make that that strike three call. Yes, it was horrible. Correct. <laughs> all right. Hey, I just wanted to ask you about that one. No, that's all right. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it was actually I, you know, I thought about it, and then again, we had so much other stuff. I know right? come up out of the weekend that kind of got caught up. Again, Tom Noy will be with us tomorrow. We'll still have some Notre Dame football talk at the start of the show. Jesse and I, and of course, we'll have rapid fire as well. Um, I haven't talked about what we're going to do on Friday because. Uh, they finally announced oh. the women's game time today. It's 3.30. 3.30. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no way you're going to be ready to go at 6. No. 
But we'll have shows at least through Thursday this week. Yes. You can count on that. All right. For Vince, I'm Sean. Hit the like button if you would on your way out. And, of course, subscribe, rate, and review, and comment, and all that great stuff. Appreciate you being here tonight, and we will talk to you tomorrow on IB Nation's Sports Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.